day and welcome to the Aussie Pastor Live, right here on Faith FM. G'day, my name is Lloyd Grolleman, I'm the Aussie Pastor and welcome to our show all over Australia. Hunty. G'day listeners, so good to be here this afternoon. Want to give a special welcome today to our listeners out in central New South Wales, Forbes, um, mm. Ugara, I think that's yep, how Ugara. you say it. Yep. I was talking to one of our church members who works for the government. He was out there, he's out there right now, and he's working with the people in the flood, and that's been an inland tsunami. I mean, here in the city and probably around the rest of Australia, I don't think we really recognise what's happening to the people out there in the central... I think we call it the Central West, Hunty. Yep. It is huge. Look at the Hay Plain. could be the Hay Lake. They're calling it Inland Sea. Inland Sea, sea. yeah. And and the the amazing thing, my mate that I was talking to from Forbes was talking about a nine-foot-three, and I think I went and worked that out, 2.7-metre... flood through his house wow he had a neighbor who had a beautiful single level home and he'd just done it all up and it was looking really really nice and he he had sold it the week before actually but the sale had fallen through because when they went to get the mortgage from the bank they couldn't get flood insurance because in some of these places now and i live in one to get flood insurance they either don't give it to you or they're charging thirty forty thousand dollars per okay. annum yep um and he went to get flood insurance and um couldn't get it and so the sale fell through and then this wall of water comes through and, and he just done the house up house worth about four hundred and fifty thousand oh, dollars renovated it completely beautiful home and just completely yeah. wiped out so heartbreak our aussie mates out there in forbes mm. and all the surrounding areas uh our hearts go out to you. Absolutely. We're praying for you. Yep. We, we know your pain because we went through it earlier this year. And, and the amazing thing is they're telling me that they're expecting another flood peak later this week that may be bigger than the first one that they've just gone through. Oh, so, so it is absolutely amazing how things are going down at the moment. And as I, I keep saying, our hearts are going out to you. And it makes you wonder what you can do, Hunty. It does. I suppose we can pray. We can. Um, it'd be good to know. And I, I'm looking, I'm talking to my friend who's out there working at more practical ways. We as a church at New Hope here in North Sydney, Northwest Sydney can help. It's not really easy though because already they've got people in there helping to clean up. Did, were you out there, Hunty, when we had our massive flood? I was. And, but were you out there when the fire engine came in? I was. How good was that? Yes. Those they're, they're, guys, they're they do- brought two or three appliances. They're doing that out there right in now. In a t- dozen blokes. Tell them what they did. Like, they, they brought a couple, of, a couple of big engines and a smaller engine. About a dozen volunteers came in, high pressure watered out all the mud out of where our studio used to be, and then they got onto the brooms and the squeegee brooms and pushed all the mud and the rubbish out. It was fantastic. Probably saved they, for us half a day's work. Oh, a week's work. <laughs> the twelve of them. Well, a, a week's work at your at your <laughs> rate. Yeah. I'm not sure about a, a week's work for the rest of us. Well, Sydney gave us a fantastic head start getting that muddy out that because we had diesel oil mixed in with them, but and it was slippery and greasy. And they had special degreasers and foams that they sprayed they're, on it. They're doing the same thing. The army's out there working too, um, but man, the people are hurting, and and this is. This is a really, really awful time. So big welcome to you guys and may God's comfort and God's protection and God's peace be with you as you go through this 
really terrible, terrible time of trouble. Mm, mm. Um, this day in history, Hunty. Let's hear it. Before we go there. Yes. Have we got enough questions for us, the Aussie pastor, today? We've got a few in, actually. Let me have a quick look. look, do, you, look, do, you look, look a, do you want to give a... Do you want to give a... I'd love to give a shout-out. A shout-out yes. anyway. Hey, hey, before you do, and I've asked you this question a number yeah. of times, do you know the phone number yet? Oh, zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. What do you know? You've got it. That was without cheating. Okay, I'll read it with a proper voice. Zero four double eight double eight zero eight five one. For what? For what? That's for SMS or text, or you can email us the Aussie Pastor at gmail dot com. For what? Ask the Aussie Pastor. That's right. If you've got a question, if you've got a question, we want to hear from you. Put Lloyd like an ant under the microscope, under the magnifying glass, and wait for the sizzle. I I don't care because if I can't answer it, I'm one of those guys. If I can't answer it, I'm just going to say up front, I can't answer that. Give me a week and I'll come back. Okay, we've got five questions in so far. There's lots of space for more. So, okay, if you've got a question, anything you like, send it in. Aussie Uh, Pastor will have a go. One more zero four double eight double eight zero eight five. One or Aussie Pasta. The no, we've changed our email address. Yeah, the Aussie Pasta at gmail It'll be like that forever now. I reckon. Okay. This day in history. Yes, please. Some good stuff today. Is a big day. In thirteen hundred and seven, William Tell. Ever heard of him? Yes. What's he famous for? I don't know. Well, an just apple? just so our is listeners it, is it know, an apple? we don't talk about this before. No, this, we don't. I don't know. Did someone shoot an apple off? We said. Or Do you know he, where he's from? Did he ride a horse into the US to warn somebody? No, no, no. no. That was Paul Revere. Paul Revere. <laughs> no, I'm lost. No, William Tell was a Swiss patriot from my country. Ah, uh-huh. actually, not from my. That's my great grandfather's country. I'm an Aussie. Um, he shoots an apple off his son's head. He, he's really in Switzerland today. They see him as the father of the Swiss Federacy. Federacy, and it was November 18. 1307, that a Swiss patriot, William Tell, oh, I'll remember him from when I was a kid, shot an apple off his son's head. You know, if you'd been my son and I was shooting the apple, you know what would have happened to you? You'd have had my hair parted. (laughs) (laughs) The reason being, he was refusing to pay homage to the Habsburg king. Tell was forced to submit to his marksmanship. And it's it's a famous story how he shot the apple. And he went on actually to win some great battles and helped establish the union of Swiss cantons, which became the little nation of Switzerland we know today. Do you know what the William Tell overture has to do with this story? No. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I told you we don't talk about this before no. we start. Disorganised, aren't we? Uh, what about this one? In 1626, St. Peter's in Rome, was consecrated on this day, November 18, in 1626. Do you know how, we've, I think I might have mentioned this before, but do you know how they raise money for St. Peter's? I do. It's a ripper story. Through charging, yep, charging money for sins. Yeah, mm. you, you could go and buy an indulgence and you could buy that, a would, sin. that would pay for your sins rather than uh, the blood of Christ. You want to have a naughty lunch with your secretary? You just go to the church, pay some money? Nah, and- let's move on. Oh 1872, <laughs> Susan Anthony was arrested by a U.S. marshal in 1872 in America. Listen to this one. Susan Anthony was arrested by a U.S. marshal. What do you think she was doing? Susan Anthony, playing tennis? No, no. Cricket? More Soccer? Enough, she was arrested for doing this. Playing sport? For voting. Oh, for voting. Dear. <laughs> was. She, she devoted more than 50 years of her life to the cause of women's suffrage, which means basically women voting. And after casting her ballot in the 1872 presidential election on this day in her hometown of Rochester, New York, she was arrested, indicted, tried and convicted for voting illegally because she was a woman. Wow. 
at her two-day trial in June 1873, which she later described as the greatest judicial outrage in the history of the world ever recorded. You can tell she's passionate, can't you? <laughs> she was convicted and sentenced to pay a fine of $100 and court costs. That's a lot of money back then, hunty. Absolutely. I'm probably getting money paid $3 a week, so yep. $100, that's a huge fine. Huge fine. And uh, she's a hero, especially for the women. Mm. Can you imagine not giving women a vote? In our time, in our culture, in our age, we can't imagine that, no, can we? we? Can't. But there was a time when women didn't have a vote. There was a time when African Americans never had a vote. And it hasn't come easy at times. More sadly, in this country, there was a time when our Indigenous people were considered flora and fauna. Uh, that's not exactly not, not 100% true. true. Mm. No, mm. but we'll come back to that one. Certainly they didn't have any rights. That's correct. That's no, disgraceful. Yeah, I, I think... The world is full of examples of racism mm. and disgraceful acts by those who have the power. Mm. And it transcends races and ethnicity because um, it seems that whoever's in charge, there can be abuse. In 1902 on this day, Brooklyn toy maker Morris Mitchton names his bear, his toy bear. I know. Who? Teddy Bear. I was going to say Paddington. <laughs> Teddy Bear. And who do you think he named him after? The president. The president, Theodore. T- Teddy. Theodore yeah. Roosevelt. Yeah. Got it. Uh, this was a serious one. In 1916, on this day, General Haig, he was the commander of all the Allied forces. This was World War One. Calls off the first Battle of the Somme. Do you know how many men died in the, and were, were casualties in the Battle mm. of the Somme? No. Over one million. Mm. And only went from 1st of July to... Uh, to uh, 1916 to November 2000. So you're talking July, August, September, about four or five months. One million casualties. You want a, a quick breakdown of them? Mm. The British, 419,654 of that 108,700 dead. The French, 204,253, 50,000 dead. This is the big one. The Germans, 500,000 casualties of them 160,000 dead. What about the Aussies? No, I don't know. 6,800, which was huge Terrible. for the numbers. And the Kiwis actually, per capita, the Kiwis lost more than anybody else in the Battle of the Somme. Mm. 2,111. Well, the population back then was probably, what, a million? Oh, I reckon it would have been less. Yeah, wow. Ours would have been only two or three million, I think, around mm. World War One. Someone mm. can correct me on that. I don't mm. know. I'm going off memory. 1918, Latvia, which is bordering Russia declared independence from Russia and that's an interesting story because they've been battling for independence to, to really have independence ever since they got sucked up into the Soviet Union they now belong to NATO theirs is a fraught story but they are independent proud and free today so Latvia happy independence day 1963 I'll put this one in for you Hunty mm. the first touch tone oh phone telephone now you wow. this is your area it is I'm wondering can you tell me what company brought that out? I think you, if you think about it, oh, you'd get this. I have no idea. Philips? They're one of the biggest phone companies. I'm not oh, sure now. Nokia. Bell. Ericsson, not Bell. <laughs> I don't know whether even they're still around today. I think it might be. Ah. And here's a sad one, 1978. On November the 18th, 9th, it is November 18, isn't it, Hunty? 22. That's November 18. <laughs> don't okay, do that fine. to me. You're a bad boy. It's the 322nd day of the year. What day do you think it is today? The 18th of November. You're four days out. 
It's the 22nd. Oh, my goodness. This is this is the greatest victory I have ever managed to snag on this program in the history of the show. This will be replayed in the highlights can, forever. Can I keep going on November 18th? Yeah, why not? You know what happened? Can, <laughs> what I, happened? can I surrender? Yes, yeah, surrender. What was I bragging to you about this morning? Uh, I don't know. I said, this is the first time I've had this. Oh, yeah, show prepared early. <laughs> you know what I did, don't you? I took the day that I was preparing the program, which was Sunday. Now, listeners, it is very deep and late into the year. (laughs) Usually, this would be our last show, Hunty, because we usually stop it before December starts. True, and we're going to Christmas this year because we love you guys out there. We think Jesus is coming. Yes. But we're tired. I wish this was television. I'm, well, I'm not wish embarrassed. Could, I wish you could see his face. No, no, don't tell Fibs. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not embarrassed at all. I'm going to keep going November 18. Okay. This is sad. Um, Jonestown Massacre. Oh, that is sad. 918 people died on November 18. Not 22, November 18. That was really sad, mate. Mm. Uh, that was in South America or Central America or somewhere, and this guy was an American, a sect. And, and then the last one on November 18th, four days ago, not today, okay, I concede. <laughs> I know you're enjoying this. But just so you know, we are actually live listeners. It is, it's 22nd November, and it's 15.46.32 on my clock. Just to prove we're live, the cricket against England is on at the moment, and Warner's still in. I reckon he'll get a century today. That's proof that you didn't, we didn't record this four days ago. <laughs> you'll probably, I'll probably put the mocker on him and he'll yes. get out now. <laughs> Jonah Lomu died of a heart attack. He was a great, greatest, all one black, of the greatest, a great all black winger. Yeah, uh, deeply spiritual man too. And just to finish it off, two birthdays, Hunty. See if you know these guys. I, I think you'll know one, mm-hmm. and I don't think this first one is him. Peter Schmeichel was born in nineteen sixty-three. Don't know, but that's a good year. You ever heard the name Peter Schmeichel? No. Very, very famous Manchester United goalkeeper. Oh, I love Man U. Not not a whole lot. Mind you, I love Man City as well. If, so. if you don't know Peter Schmeichel, you're not a real love of Man U. Oh, I haven't loved footy since the 80s. What about Owen Wilson? Yeah, he's a uh, Hollywood actor. Yeah, 1968. Right. He's quite he's funny. Pretty much our vintage, that guy. Mm. Um, and so that was November 18. It should have been November 22. <laughs> 2022 today. Yep. And uh, next week we might try Hunty and get it right. What do you reckon? Well, we can we can do our best. Yeah. <laughs> if it was four days ago, what's today? Tuesday. Tuesday. I was doing this on Friday. That was Friday, November eighth. I thought you did it on Sunday. No. Okay. I've been early on this one this you week. You have been early. <sighs> mm. You know why? Because you're really busy editing at the I moment. Am. And I for am. the first time this year, I'm not backed up trying to get programs ready for you. Although, yeah. I am preaching at New Hope pretty regularly right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, you've, got, you've got a pretty heavy load at the moment with engagements and radio and television and actually, our online mission, online Bible study. It's lighter now than it has been. The one who's got the heavy load for our listeners is one Andrew Hunt. <laughs> actually hasn't been too well this week either. You had a bit of a... Uh, driving the porcelain bus on the weekend. Yeah. Now, listen. Yes. Um... Can you pray? Love to. in the program? Yes. Thanks. Dear Heavenly Father, again I'd like to pray for our listeners first. The Lord, you grant them their heart's desires. You grant them peace. And you wrap your loving arms around them. Lord, as we come before you this afternoon, we pray humbly for your blessings. Mm-hmm. I especially pray for my mate Lloyd as he opens the Bible and shares your words of wisdom with our listeners, Lord. So thank you for being with us thus far. We pray for a great afternoon program in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. 
This first song's called Something Within Me. It's from a guy called Stephen Hill, yep. who actually passed away 10 years ago. So he hasn't been with us for 10 years. And this song, he's talking about the Holy Spirit and what happens to you when you follow Jesus and you invite him into your heart. The Holy Spirit comes and it's very powerful. I hope you enjoy it. Preachers and teachers would make their appeal. Soldiers on great battlefields went to their pleading. My poor heart did you? All I could say. And have you that something 
that never does tire. If you've got something ooh, that burns you like fire, oh, oh, get in a hurry. Tell everybody that there's something within. Sending catcher? It, it, no, <laughs> no, I know that song really well. I chose it. Remember? True. <laughs> it, it, um, it probably caught our listeners though. I almost said viewers and our listeners. Yeah, I, I get caught on that all the time. Um, a great tragedy, losing Stephen Hill to death ten years ago. He's a tremendous singer. Had a great experience with Jesus Christ. You know, he was actually doing a sound check, Hunter. You'll get this because you're a sound engineer. He was doing a sound check for a concert and he had a massive heart attack. And he went to sleep and uh, unfortunately that was the end of him. But we're still blessed by his music. And if you want to listen to some good music, you know, one of the things I do, Hunter, and I've been open about this on this program, and I, I, I tell the church too, when I do my worship with Jesus and I'm worshiping him, it has two, three components to it. Do you know what they are? What's that? Bible study. Yep. Prayer. Yep. And I sing. And this is one of the guys whose music I sing. So what I do is I, I find three or four songs I really like. And you know, you know me well. I can't sing a, sing a beat. Um, in fact, Hunty makes fun of me by, he used to do this, and he still will when he gets a chance where he'll record me singing in church. Then at our Christmas party, he'll have a best hits of Lloyd singing out of tune. But the fact is, I sing. And I sing in my worship to Jesus. Because I think it's really important in the times we live in, this is a tip for you listeners who want to walk with Jesus. Make sure every single day. How often do I say this, Hunty? I'm relentless on it, aren't I? Absolutely. Look, spend time with Jesus every day in Bible study. Spend time with Jesus every every day in prayer. And I reckon this is a big thing. Sing. And I sing. And so what I do is I get these songs I really like, and I go and find the lyrics for them. Put them on my computer. I put my earphones on and I sing. And I don't know what my sons and what my <laughs> wife. That I got two sons living with my wife. I don't know what. Well, I know what my wife thinks. She gives me heat, but she understands what I'm doing, and it deeply blesses me. And singing this guy's songs, and that's one of them. Mm. It deeply blesses. Actually, I'm me. an audiosaurus myself, and I'm very much enchanted by music. And yeah, you are. It is a big key to my salvation. How many songs have you got on your phone? Oh, at any one given time, over ten thousand. Yeah. And that's not counting, because you'd be on, uh, what do they call those? Spotify. Spotify and all them too, wouldn't you? Spotify yes, kind of has destroyed that need yeah. for all those songs I've on your lost, phone. I've lost all the ambition there to hang on to songs. It's just Spotify. Are you deleting them at all? Or? 
Um, my current phone actually has no songs on it. Oh, Zero. Okay. So, you, so you, you've moved mm. to Spotify. Mm. Spotify is very smart because when you play a certain brand and type of music, it goes picking that for you. And, mm. Yeah. And I make and I make playlists and I and I hit there's a download button you can hit so your phone's full of songs if you ever had a out of um, Wi-Fi or, yeah. or um, 5G service. Yeah. Well, I get deeply blessed by doing my... Yeah, so, me so, too. so this is how I do my worship. I start off with singing. I, I, I have a little prayer. and I, Lord, here I am to worship you. And then I'll, yep. I'll start singing. And I'll sing four or five songs. Mate, I can spend... If I've got the time, I can spend over an hour singing. My voice is hoarse. Wow. But, the, but it, I don't know what it is. It de- have you ever done this? I do it in the car. It de- yeah, but this is worship at home where I'm, I'm not even driving. I'm concentrating... Totally on my time with Jesus. It's, 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 I know you, do you sing though? I do enjoy music and it's very spiritual for me. Um, very rarely will I sing. In fact, never in public with anyone near me, but in the car when I'm worshipping God through Christian music, I will actually sing my heart out. I think you can probably sing a lot better than me actually. But I, I sing, I, I, in fact, I've got a suspicion you can sing. I've actually got a bit of a, a acoustic curse. I've got a semi-perfect pitch still going on in my head. If I can't sing the note perfectly, I offend myself. <laughs> Mate, take it from me. I'm not offended when I get the wrong date, November 18. I'm not offended when I <laughs> sing out. But when I'm singing out of tune, I, I, actually I don't sing out of tune. i just got no, there's no quality to my voice. Who cares? When I'm singing, it's, I, I've mentioned this before on this program, it's, it is because it goes through the Holy Spirit and Jesus to get to God, the intercessors, I call them. Mm-hmm. And when I sing, it is a sweet, sweet, sweet sound to, to the Father. For sure. As I worship. And it just lifts me, eh? Mm. And Stephen Hill's one of those guys I sing. News. News. News, News time. El Gaura. Is that how you say it? Yeah, I reckon it is. Ugaura. Ugaura. Mm. I've never been there, have you? Yes. I've never been there. I'm talking to my mate, it's flat as a tack, apparently, mostly out there on that hay plane. It is flat as a tower. The federal government has come in and said they're going to give people affected by the flood fifty thousand dollars each. Mm. Twenty five up front to get started, mm. and another twenty five if you cough up some receipts. That's better than the three thousand I got. But you've got to be a not for profit or a business. Oh, can't not 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 houses. Not at the moment. So they're just getting the three grand that we got. Yep. Look, that was helpful. I'm very appreciative. Mm. But it didn't go anywhere near. The, I'm still paying for the damage. Mate, I'm up for probably no. five, six grand just in the electrical bill. Yep. And, yeah, anyway. No, I do uh, The insurance claims the biggest in Australian history. Yep. Billions. Five point five billion dollars. As I said mm. earlier, if you want to insure your house now for a flood out there, literally you can't. No. But if you can, it's thirty, forty thousand dollars per annum. Mm. I mean who's gonna pay that sort of money for flood insurance? That's cheaper I mean, it's, it's house get, up on stilts. Yeah, well, even that doesn't work, though. I mean, really? My, well, my house is up on stilts, mate, and how close did I come to going under? And if that had rained another day or two, I would have went under. There's no guarantee. You've got to actually, in my view, you've got to build your house out of the... Flood area. Flood area. Mm. And he was telling me amazing stories how the salvos have come in. There wasn't a lot of food around in Ugara. This is my mate who's working out there. The salvos came in and they're providing food kitchens and providing burgers and that this is good work isn't it absolutely really really good work um and, and i'm going to talk to adra in the next week or two and see what they're doing yeah we should they're generally into this sort of stuff adra adventist Del- development relief agency one of the best and biggest in the world is it one of the biggest yes you don't hear anything about it because it's non-political and not allowed to advertise but um it has a lot of 
big government contracts to provide water and sanitation globally. Mm. Um, it's one of the few companies that doesn't take uh, chunks out of the money donated. A lot, of, mostly all the money you give goes to the projects they're designed to go to. Um, the, they reckon that these places out there are going to be stuck for weeks. Mm. Flood effect. Yeah, roads closed. And you see these pictures of these big trucks stuck out there between the flood and there. These guys, they're going nowhere. And I mean, you're going to run out of diesel to run your air condition. It's going to get real uncomfortable out there for those poor truckies stuck out there. That's horrible. Uh, yeah. And, and, and now you've got Condoblin that's going to go under. Uh, and so there's a lot of really bad stuff going on out there. I thought we just mentioned that, Hunty, because I think we need to remember those people in our prayers. And as I said to you, if you're out there and you're being affected, all our love to you, and I wish we could do more, Hunty. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this one, why they don't want us to use gas. Mm. You and I had a little bit of talk we did. on this for about one minute. We did. Enough to establish we're on different roads. We are. I'm, I'm pro-gas. I'm anti-gas. Yeah. Now, I'm not pro-gas when they go fracking. I don't like that because I, I, I suspect something's going on. You know, when farmers are complaining about gas and their water and the ground opening up and all sorts of... So, so yeah, and when you can actually light the water coming out of your tap with a with match. <laughs> That's one way of warming your bath water up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But I do like gas. I, I think it's, it's, it's good for the environment. There's going to be people out there who will argue with me on that. That's me. Yeah. Okay, let's listen to you. <laughs> All right. Well, let, 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 there's I, nothing I, good I, about burning I, fossil fuel. I, I've got a new section. I'm going to call it the Hunty Rant. <laughs> yes, I like to rant. Okay, let's go. Well, okay, there's nothing good about burning fossil fuel. Nothing. Zero. So that, that's it? That's all you've let, got? Well, no, let's not, let's not um, fill the environment with, uh, let's see... Let's start from the top. PM 2.5s and under, NO2s and COs. That is particles in the in the air that are smaller than 3% of a human hair, NO2, which is nitrous oxide, and CO, which is carbon monoxide. Are you losing monoxide. us all here? Or? Okay. All right, let me put it in plain, simple terms. If you go to a car park, say you go to the shopping centre and go into the underground car park, they've got sensors that will set off an alarm to evacuate you from the car park at about 150 million parts. 150 parts per million of carbon monoxide in the car park. If you cook a steak or if you cook a, even cook a pancake in your kitchen with gas and you don't have the windows open and your range hood's not oh, so yeah. great, if you're poorly ventilated kitchen, you will get 200 parts per million but we've of all, carbon we've, monoxide. We've known that for years. You don't cook, you don't cook um, inside your tent when you're out camping. You don't put a gas heater on because it'll knock... People have died. Well, there's a lot of people in Australia now who can't afford to keep fixing their gas heaters in their living room because times are tough. So they're putting their gas on in the kitchen to try and keep their house warm and they're poisoning themselves. What do you mean? Their gas stove? Yeah. People are, people, money is so tight for a lot of people that when their heater dies in their lounge room... I'm pretty sure the gas stove's not going to warm me up, bro. I've done it. You've been that poor? No, I've just decided I want heat and either there's been a power blackout or whatever. And I've turned the gas stove on, all four burners on. Let's have some heat. And? It works quite well. Okay. Anyway, so let me tell you about asthma. If you are around the kitchen that's cooking with gas, 42% increased risk of getting asthma. That's pretty savage. 
I'm giving you the floor. Yeah, well, I've taken it, and I'm telling you, if if the if the car parks around the world are mandated to evacuate you at 150 million parts, sorry, 150 parts per million, how can you be cooking in your kitchen at 200? Um, I'm I'm not arguing. All right, let me I, talk I, about. I, I do have a gas stove at home though, and I do love it. I love it because it's instant heat. It's easy to cook on. It's easy to regulate. Let me tell you. It's, it's easy to regulate the heat. It gives you a nice, even heat. Um, mm. No, let me tell you what's more faster and easier to regulate, and that's induction electric. I don't know about Just that. Just as fast. I've got an induction electric stove. Well, you need to have an induction electric stove with the induction um, pans, which I do. What's that? What do you mean induction pans? They're special pans that Soft allow... ones? Yes. And there's, there's cheap ones and there's good ones. The cheap ones don't let the... The induction work properly. So you get a good induction pan on a good induction stove, it's pretty much instant heat, and you don't heat your kitchen. So in summer, you're not fighting against your air conditioner to make your food warm. I've got to tell you, I've never felt excessive heat from the gas stove in summer. Okay, you go this, to any this kitchen... Is, this is news to me. Go to any commercial kitchen in Australia making food, in a, like a, a milk bar or whatever, and walk in the door on a summer's day and go, oh man, it's hot in here, because they're all powered by gas. Well... If you go to a fish and chip shop, that's powered. the one. That they're, 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 the oil's hot. That that'd be electricity most of the time, wouldn't it? Just saying that um, induction cooking, you don't heat your kitchen anywhere near as much. Induction aren't they the ones you can put your hand yes, on it and they won't burn? Totally, they're quite expensive. Do you I, find expensive? Um, two to three times more than a gas or an electric stove. Well, I've got. G- guess how I know. Because we went to <laughs> we went to look at them uh, when we put our new kitchen in a, two three years ago. Yeah, they're they're expensive. But if you if you do your cooking whilst the sun's out and you've got solar panels on your roof, you can actually cook your food for zero environmental cost. Well, that that leads me to my next news article: the CO two um, conference, the carbon conference in um that all those private jets flew to <laughs> <laughs> sorry couldn't help myself <laughs> what do you think about this idea of setting up a fund so the rich nations can pay the poor nations so the poor nations who are giving up or being damaged i think it's it's two isn't it one they're being damaged and two they're giving uh, so, so that they can give up the destructive things that are destroying the earth what do you think about oh, here's that? my two cents let's take england for example Actually, let's make it even easier. Let's take Liechtenstein. Their roads are built. Their Just houses so you know, are built. Liechtenstein's a tiny little, tiny little city place in Europe. state in Europe. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the smallest. Yeah, their roads are built. Their buildings are built. Everything's built. It was done with coal, steam, and diesel. Well, All their roads steam, are made. Steam's good. Yeah, if it's made from if it's made from hydroelectric it or wasn't it's made from coal. Wasn't that's it? right. That's right. Mm. So England, they've got all their freeways and their roads. They've built everything with, uh, you know, coal and steam and diesel. And now they're sitting back saying, yes, we should all be environmentally friendly. But there are countries around the world who are just starting their industrial revolution who don't have their roads or infrastructure. Or Australia, we're half and half. We've still got a lot of dirt roads. Don't we know it? Don't we know it? Potholes, <laughs> and the, filled and the, roads. The car roads we've got. Man, that road out to my place in St Albans oh, Valley. Dear. If you're listening from the Hawkesbury <laughs> Council, Jane. Yes. It is just a disgrace. But yes. go on. Got, so, a lot of existing countries that are well established have their roads and their buildings, and they've all been done with coal and diesel. New countries who are starting, or poorer countries who are just getting on with their industrial revolution and getting themselves up into the 21st century, are being told not to use these cheap powerful, energy-rich yeah. resources, Yep. well, that's not fair. 
So, so you think it's a good idea? I think it's a wonderful idea that the countries that are established help the poorer countries get caught up. You know what made me laugh a bit? What's that? They all voted for the fund, but nobody voted to put any money in the fund. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know what? Um, there'll be a lot of people listening to me don't agree with this, but the world's all gone. It's already gone over the precipice. There is no saving this world environmentally. We've already destroyed it to such an extent that the only thing that's going to save it is Jesus when he comes. Now, that doesn't mean we should be uh, suicidal to the nth degree and not care for the planet because part of being a Christian, part of following Jesus, and a lot out there listening might not realise this, is to actually care for the planet. We were made at the creation of the planet to be stewards of it. But she's gone over the edge, hunty. There will be no, we're like, this planet is like an old man with emphysema. It's fatal and there's no coming back. And I think the other thing is greed will ensure that we continue in these destructive, awful practices that have got us to where we are. Mm. And, you know, a lot of these destructive, awful practices, I don't think mankind is doing it on purpose. Flying planes, driving cars. I don't think we go out to wreck the planet. It's just with technology. We haven't been able to keep up with the environment and looking after it as perhaps we could have or should have. And we didn't even realise until a few decades ago, hunty, mm-hmm. the damage we're doing. But I think if you, if you look at these things, if you look at the floods, uh, if you look at the struggle we're having with um, energy, hunty, mm. and then you look at the, the battle we're having trying to save the world. So it's not just about energy and where we get our energy from. It's trying to save the world environmentally. I think... Thinking people recognise and realise that we're on a no-win here and we've got to look up. We've got to look for salvation. We've got to look for Jesus and his return. For sure. You're listening to The Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Greater Vision, one of my favourite groups, and they're singing a beautiful song, I Could Never Praise Who? Jesus. I Could Never Praise Him Enough. I could never praise Him enough For the cross of Calvary I could never thank Him enough For salvation full and free I could never do anything To deserve such perfect love Oh, for everything He's done I could never praise Him enough For many years I've served the Lord the best that I know how Giving unto Him my time, telling of His power But if I were to spend unending hours on my knees Praising Him for everything He's ever done for me I could never praise Him enough for the cross of Calvary, I could never thank Him enough. For salvation full and free, I could never do anything to deserve such perfect love. Oh, for everything He's done, I could never praise Him enough. Just what our Lord has done 
Oh, that's a nice song. It's a beautiful song. Hey, um, do you know much about the occult? Not much. Okay. I know to avoid it. Do you know what it is? How would you define the occult? Uh, a form of Satan worship. Is that... So, when I'm talking to you about the occult... I'm just thinking that's people worshipping Satan. Okay. Um, Am I wrong? No, 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 no. Um, would that be your tight definition of it? My tight definition is avoid it, run from it. Go nowhere near no, no, it. No. Ouija boards, the the occult, the whole deal. Have uh, nothing to do with any of it. I haven't had a lot to do with the occult myself. And when I, I define the occult as anything to do with the supernatural on the dark side. And it's it's a it's a people have a fascination with the occult. Mm. Whenever I preach about the occult, people really get into it, and I'm talking Christians. Um, I haven't had a lot to do with demons. People don't believe that they exist. I've seen enough of them to know that they do exist. I've had a yeah, I've had a couple of um, experiences where demons have attacked me, but I'm, I would not say that I'm a pastor that spent a lot of my time in the occult. I, I knew a pastor. Uh, in the last church, we both know him, Hunty, mm. who spent a lot of time in the occult and dealing with and helping people who are caught into the occult. Yep. But again, I would define the occult as anything supernatural from the dark side. You want to say something? I was going to say, I had a very close family friend who was considered in the church that I attended, one of these people who, who goes on championing things for God, and the stories he told me, they frightened me. He'd seen people flying around the room, he'd seen people possessed and levitating and and those stories that i was told as a kid have kept me a long way away from it i think the influences of the occult in our culture are probably more pervasive than we think um the occult the supernatural it's in our and we're going to do a bible study on it in a minute but it's in our um music more mm-hmm. than you think absolutely uh, and i've seen stark examples of it. I think same beyonce in the super bowl a few years madonna. ago madonna and yeah, and Madonna. It was literally a, a, a satanic worship service to Bamphomet. 
yeah, which is satanic, satanic god. Yeah, but it, it's something that, especially in Western culture, kind of flies over the top. We don't think about it a lot. Uh, I mean, there's Halloween. I'm going to do a program next week on Halloween. That'd be nice. nice. Yeah, um, exposing Halloween for what it is. We spent one Halloween in Hollywood one one year, didn't we? Together? You did. Oh, did I you didn't come. Remember, I went to sleep. Oh, right. I said, I'm not, but Hunty was gone. He I was, was gone. Off, he was off down was the road off filming. I think he came home at about three in the morning or something or other. But yeah, I, lots of footage. No, I'm, I'm not into that. I was asleep. But the, yeah, we'll talk about Halloween next week. But um, the occult, it is in our culture. It is. Underlying, I mean, some of the biggest movies. Just, what do you think have been the just off your head, Hunty? And I don't know whether you can even answer this. Some of the biggest movies in the last decade. Omen. Probably not. (laughs) No, I'll bet you Um, none of our listeners much know the Omen. Just don't don't even think occult. Just think some of the big Avatar. Avatar for the occult. The Blue Blue movie. Um, So there's Avatar. What else? I'm gonna hit Google. The, the, the ones in Amer- the, the, the ones in New Zealand. Um, oh, right. Uh, yeah. And I'm trying to remember them myself. Um, uh, Hobbit stuff or wizards and wizards and witches. And- yeah. Well, there is the Hobbit. And what was the what was the <laughs> other program with the Hobbit? Um, see, we, oh, we never watched them. That's yeah, why I've, we're not- I've done some googling. Here we go. Eyes wide shut. Angel heart. The love witch. Hereditary. N- no. Witch. No, you, no. You, you obviously haven't the got Wicker the... Wicker Man. No, <laughs> I'm not on it. No, you're no. not on it. Bro. All right. <laughs> the bottom line is in our music, in our movies. Um, the Exorcist? No, 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 no. These Ouija? Are, these, these are movies way off, bro. No. I'm talking about big mainstream movies um, okay. that, that have really made a difference. Um, and Harry Potter and an entire series is immersed, saturated in the occult. And yet we see it, most of us would see it, and I don't include myself here, I actually think it's quite dangerous because that Harry Potter series is full of real spells and... Are they real? Yeah, they are. From real spell books? Yeah, they are. Ouch. And, and, and people would say, oh, that's just fantasy. And look, I understand why people come from that, but the reality is underneath, this stuff is really, really dangerous. You haven't found those New Zealand blockbusters for me, have oh, you? I didn't look. The, the, the um, big movies made in New Zealand, you Google that, mate, oh, yeah, and, yeah. And, and you'll come across them real quick. Um, there's one, I just, you know, as I get an older hunty, I'm, 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 um, just not my head's not working like it should have, which is a bit of a worry to me sometimes. I'm not, I I know the the movie I'm trying to get here, the the movie series I'm trying to get, but I just uh, mm. anyway, we'll come back at that. We will. This guy was into the occult. He grew up in it. He was immersed. I want to listen to your story. You ready to go, Auntie? I'm ready to listen go. to the story. Okay. I think. Yeah, God. we're gonna we're gonna get there, old man. One of the darkest moments in Santeria was accepting the identity that the demons gave me that I was one of them, and me being a witch. All her life, Ileana Sultani was searching for acceptance. She says she found it through the occult. To me, it was the beauty of the rituals and the connection with the community. You felt that you were in power. Ileana's parents divorced right before she was born. Her father's absence left her with feelings of rejection she would carry for years to come. That I was not loved, that I was not good enough for him. And due to that, I I grew up with low self-esteem. 
Ileana's journey into the occult started at age 12. While playing her Ouija board with friends, she discovered she had a gift to foretell the future. Some started calling her a witch, a title she would embrace for several years. I was finding my identity as the gifts manifesting that maybe that's who I was, that I was a witch. I felt empowered that I was able to make them feel good. By the time she was in college, Ileana was reading tarot cards for people. She pushed aside the things she learned going to church with her grandmother as a child in search of what she called higher enlightenment. When I read cards, I didn't thought it was I was doing darkness. I was still think I was doing I was in the light. Ileana put away the tarot cards. However, it didn't stop her from venturing into another occult religion, Santeria, which originated in Cuba. Practitioners of Santeria claim to follow God while practicing dark rituals, magic, and animal sacrifices. Ileana, now an accountant, was drawn deeper into Santeria. By the end of three years, she had earned the title Bruja, or Little Witch. The change had been so subtle, she didn't realize who she'd become until one day she saw something disturbing in the mirror in her sleep. My eyes were on fire in the mirror, like red on fire. And I knew there was a power and I didn't want to go into practicing dark magic. Now you're talking about voodoo. Now you're talking about raising also the dead. Ileana threw away the idols and tools and left Santeria. Within the week, she was in the hospital, violently ill with internal bleeding. Unable to find a cause, doctors suspected she had an unknown virus and feared she might die. While they had no answers, Ileana had a visit from some people who did. The santos, the saints, were very upset at me. They told me to come back, that just to do several rituals, to do several sacrifices, and then everything should be fine. Which I told them no, that I was not going back. Ileana would stay in the hospital for two weeks before the symptoms and bleeding stopped. Then, after getting out, she lost her job. The battle continued and she blamed God. I ended up losing everything, which at that time I said to God, why are you allowing this? I started having intense dreams where demons will show up in my house and they will try to choke me. I just want a normal life. All I want to do is just leave everything that has to do with the spirit around alone and don't see demons and just move with my life. Over the next five years, Ileana dedicated her life to her career. While working at a bank, she met a Christian co-worker who told her God had a message for her. And she said, God wants me to give you this verse. And she gave me Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans not to harm you. And at that moment, I was so mad at God that I didn't, I didn't want to hear that. While at her job, a month later, Ileana says she heard God's voice. And he said to me, wake up, the time is near. And right there, I felt like all my spiritual senses were awakening again. When Ileana went home, she prayed. I said, Jesus, forgive me for everything that I have done. 
and I really want to follow you. I want to serve you. So that night, as I go to sleep, I didn't see anything in a dream, but I heard audibly, we're rejoicing because you are back. And I said to him, who am I for you to do this? And he said, you're my beloved. For one year, she spent time with God and learned how to hear his voice. He removed all false identities that I had. I was not a witch. I was his beloved daughter. I was not an orphan. No more demonic manifestations. No more anxiety, no more fear. I just walk in this life of peace, trusting him completely. Today, Ileana is married, has a son, and is a realtor. She's written a book about her journey of freedom from the occult. She also has a Facebook show where she gives encouragement to those in need. No matter what you're going through, God always will turn things around for you. If you decide to say yes to him, God loves you and that God wants to have a relationship with you. Seek the true God, the only true God through his son, Jesus Christ. Pretty good. Mm. She's, she's, she's given good advice and she, she had an experience in the occult, grew up in it, mm. literally married in it, um, immersed in it, mm. and she never came out of it easy. But the thing is, if you're in the occult, if you're into the supernatural, and there'll be some people listening today who are, there'll be a lot of people who listen will scoff and hoo-ha about what we're saying, read the occult. I know for a fact, you know for a fact, Hunty, that it's fair dinkum yep. and it's real. Now, yep. the next year or two, you and I are going to head up to New Guinea again to do some of these big outreach programs we do up there. Yep. That's where I've run head first yes. into the occult. Seen demons, had demons attack me, had demons turn up to my programs. These things have been witnessed by thousands and thousands of people. I think I've said to you before, I was on the way back in the plane, I was talking to a mining magnate, guy who owned a mine up there, really wealthy guy, can't sit in business class because there's no business class, ended up sitting next to me. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm a pastor. He said, what are you doing up here? And I shared with him. And I shared with him because I'd just been up into Mount Hagen, some of the full-on occultic experiences I had. Now, this guy was a secular Aussie, not into religion, not that spiritual that I could tell. He never blinked. Because he's been up there and he's seen it for himself. Mm. See, up mm. in Papua New Guinea and some of these other places, the occult, the demons, they're out there on the front line. You can see them. Yep. They're in your face yep. and they'll take you on openly. Down here in Australia, they're a bit more... Cloaked. Yeah, they disguise their work. Mm. They they like to think that they're more sophisticated yep. in their... Because up there, there are a lot of... Their, their religion is, is, is pagan. Yes. And by the way, a lot of indigenous, and this is again really unpopular stuff to say in our culture, but I'll say it boldly, and I know I, I come under massive attack for this, but I work with these people. A lot of our indigenous cultures have religion that is rooted in their cult. And Hunty, it's dangerous. And I've it walked, is. as a servant of God, I've walked straight into the middle of it and I've experienced it for myself. Yep. And before you who harm me, how many of you out there have woken up with a demon around your neck choking the life out in you? You reach up to get the hands, mm. and there's, you, there's nothing mm. there, hunty, mm. but you're, you're being choked yep. to death. Yep. 
And, and, and I, right before we do this little Bible study, I want to put it right on the line. If that ever happens to you, whether you're walking with God or not, you call on the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If you can't call it out audibly, and that's a good way to do it, but if you can't, you cry out in your mind, mm. Jesus will hear you. Mm. No matter where you are with him, no matter yep. where your yep. situation is, he will come and he will rescue guaranteed. you instantly. instantly. And it is an instant rescue. And it's a guarantee. He will not tolerate the demons mm. harassing people when they call on him for help. But they will, they will harass you. They will cause trouble. Before we move on, I just let our listeners know that if you are interested in following that lady's amazing um, story and transformation, yep. on the Aussie Pastor Facebook page, I put a link to her Facebook page. Cool. She does a bit of public speaking and she's a few live podcasts and things. So if you're interested in, in pursuing her journey to Jesus, um, just for the next few hours, I'll leave it on the Aussie Pastor Facebook page. I put a tongue-in-cheek picture of a, a, a weather vane with a witch and a, a black cat on it so you can find it. Yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, good. Funny that you say that's tongue-in-cheek because people think, oh, a witch on a broom with a hat or a wizard in a movie, no big deal. Yes, it is a big deal, and it's a big deal to God. If you're going to follow Jesus and you're going to have a relationship with him, well, let's see what the Bible well, says. I, well, I was happy not let, to let, offend. I've got some Wiccan friends, and I, I never want to offend anybody, but I thought that would be a good picture for people to see and go, oh, yeah, that's the story I want to read about. I don't think we should worry about offending people too much on this <laughs> subject. Uh, if, True. If, if, if you're into the occult, if you're into Wicca, get out. I'm going to just be upfront and blunt. Get out. Get out as fast as you can. Do what that girl did. Yes. Coming out, you might have some problems. That's all right. Call on the name of Jesus. Get out. Get out. Get out. Don't fool with these things. Don't muck around with them. Don't spend any time with them. They are dangerous, 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 dangerous. And don't worry about their threats. Don't worry about the spells that they that people may who are in it, if you're trying to get out, might cast on you. With Jesus, that stuff is of mm, non-effect. Bigger, and I am a powerful. witness to that in my own life. Mm. I have seen, I went up in New Guinea against the witch doctors and I was unprepared for it, but God was merciful to me, hunty. That's right. I reckon I had one of those demons chase me back to Australia for two, three years before yep. Yep. finally it went away. You know what happened when I was getting attacked by these demons physically all the time? The thing that happened was I actually got a lot of confidence in Jesus Christ and nice. his power. So am I afraid of them? I'm very, very respectful. I don't talk yes. to demons. Yes. I don't in any way have any communication if I get attacked by one that hasn't happened for a long time but if I get attacked by one I call on the name of Jesus I don't in any way have anything to do with them if if and I haven't done this much hunting but if I I think only once or twice in 32 years of ministry but if I go to someone to visit them who's demon possessed you get some of these pastors who will talk to the demons not me not in a million billion trillion years mm. they are more than my match they're yep. more powerful than yep. me they're wiser they're smarter yep. they're, they're stronger than me why would I go up against them why would I talk to them why would I communicate with them it's not going to happen all I do is kneel down and pray for Jesus to come and rescue this person to protect us both as we go through that experience. Okay, what's the Bible say? Hunty, let's have a quick look. Well, I think maybe we'll look today at four Bible texts and then we'll keep going next week. Okay. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. Paul says, what version are you in today, NLT, mate? is that all right? Ah, you love the NLT, I don't do, you? I do, I do love it. I do too. My latest favourite version. Actually, I've got a couple of favourite. Yeah, you do. I've got it now. Have, have you? I've got your favourite version here. NLT, CEV, CEV, and NKJV, NIV. Oh, NIV. Yeah, I love NIV. I thought you moved on from the NIV. Oh no, no, I love okay. NIV. Yep. Kind of like you got brought up with NIV and New King James Version. Yes. Love the love the NKJV. 
One day I'm going to go out. Uh, my NKJV Bible disappeared in the flood. One day I'm going to go out and get a new NKJV Bible. So I'm loving. You know how uh, two, of, two of our listeners yes. gave, gave me yeah, gifted Kay me a new Bible. And, um, Grant, Grant, that's right. Love God you bless guys. Them. I'm loving it. I was preaching from it on Sabbath. I could see big, big <laughs> writing. Okay, let's have a look. What's the Bible say about the occult? Ephesians six, eleven, and twelve. Read it, mate. Yeah, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of un- of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. So the Bible acknowledges the occult. It acknowledges these demons, these evil spirits. Mm. And do you know what they impact all of us, Hunty? Yep. Here in Australia, they might not necessarily come out and front you like they do in Papua New Guinea or some of these other places. But I'll tell you what they do do is they're there, they're leading, they're cajoling, they're tempting us and they're pushing us into sin all the time. Yep. So these demons exist, they're out there. Don't be afraid of them because God exists too. He is more powerful. He is more beautiful, more glorious. He loves you as much as these, and these demons hate you, man. As much as they hate you, want to kill you. And that, that is Satan's modus operandus. Even for those that follow him, eventually he'll kill them. He can't help it. But not Jesus. He loves you. God loves you. It's a deep love. It's a precious love. It's a special love. And he'll save you. Satan will try to destroy you. So here the Bible's just acknowledging the, the reality of these demons in dark places. Um, they're unseen. Um, they're evil. When it says they're in heavenly places, it doesn't mean they're in heaven. It just means they're in a place where you can't generally see them, but they will appear at times. Mm. This next one, Hunty. This, this is, is God. What are you going to say, mate? No, I was going to say this text. I've known this text my whole life. is probably the strongest warning you can find in the Bible, in my opinion. You're going to find there's big warnings like this and new in the new and oh, the old Testament. on this topic. Yep. Mm. But you're dead right. This is a big one. Mm. Deuteronomy 18. Talking to the Israelites before they go into the promised land mm. that God had given them. Yep. And this is a big one. Listen to what God says. When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering, and do not let your people practice fortune-telling or use sorcery or interpret omens or engage in witchcraft or cast spells or function as mediums or psychics or call forth the spirits of the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. It is because the other nations have done these detestable things that the Lord your God will drive them out ahead of you. But you must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you are about to displace consult sorcerers and fortune tellers, but the Lord your God forbids you to do such things. Human, uh, human Couldn't sac- be clearer. Yeah, Human sacrifice, the occult, go together. Fortune telling, the occult, go together. Sorcery, occult, omens, witchcraft, spells, mediums and psychics, calling forth the dead. This stuff is all occultic. It is not of God, and he forbids the human race from doing it. And you know why, hunty? Why? Because it's dangerous. Yep. It's dangerous to you spiritually, but it's also dangerous to you physically. Look at this one, hunty. Isaiah 47, verse 12 through to 15. Now use your magical charms. Use the spells you have worked at all these years. 
No, sorry, use the spells you have worked out all these years. Maybe they will do you some good. Maybe they can make someone afraid of you. All the advice you receive has made you tired. God's God here, just so you get the feel of it, Hunty, he's been sarcastic. Sarcastic, yeah. He said, go on. Go and use all these astrologers and magic charms yep. and witches that you've been using. See what they'll do. Now, look what he says. Yeah, where are all your astrologers, those stargazers who make predictions each month? Let them stand up and save you from what the future holds. But they're like straw burning in a fire. They cannot save themselves from the flame. You'll get no help from them at all. Their hearth is no place earth, to... Earth. That's, that's like hearth. I reckon it's hearth. No, it's hearth. But you're wrong. Don't argue with me on that one. Oh, the handbrake and slam the door. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Their hearth is no place. Oh. Well, what's I read you say? Hearth. Their hearth is no place to sit for warmth. And all your friends, those with whom you've done business since childhood will go their own ways, turning a deaf ear to your cries. You're going to rely on the cult, you're going to rely on demons, witches, wizards, stargazers, astrologers. <laughs> you're wasting your time. God says they're no use. In fact, he's scornful here of them. Mm. I think we should be the same. And sarcastic. Yeah. They claim so much and they offer so little. In fact, you know what they offer? A dark road to death. Mm. And that's it. Uh, last text, Hunty, because okay. I, I know we're, we're running majorly <laughs> we're behind, behind yeah. Isaiah 8, 19 and uh, 20. Someone may say to you, let's ask the mediums and those who consult the spirits of the dead with their whisperings and mutterings. They will tell us what to do. But shouldn't people ask God for guidance? Shouldn't the living seek guidance? Sorry, should the living yeah. seek guidance from the dead? Beautiful, Hunty. Crazy. I mean, if you want guidance, if you want to know where to go, if you want to know the future, if you want some assurance of your life, don't go to a witch, don't go to a clairvoyant, don't go, go to an astrologer or a soothsayer or a wizard or any of these people. They are workers of darkness. Don't go to them. Go to God. Mm. Go straight to God. You have a you have a right as a human being because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for you to walk straight into the presence of God. Go to God in prayer. Talk to him. Open your Bible. Look for his leading and guidance there. And what you need, the peace you're after, that completeness that only God can give you, you will find with him. You will never find it with the occult. We're going we're going to spend two, three weeks here, aren't we? We're going mm. to part two next nice. week. Hope you're enjoying that. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. Let's get straight into this song, One More River to Cross. Okay. I think we're going to. I'm not ready. Oh, He's not. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Come to 
the river of Jordan, hallelujah, then I'll have no fear. Okay, happy Woo-hoo. song. You like that? It's a ripper. Happy, happy song. I love songs like that. <laughs> yeah, I bet one of our loyal listeners, Lil, would like that one even. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not so <laughs> sure she would, actually. <laughs> She's hey, probably still tapping her toes. Hey, Harold, are you there? Oh, let me see. Hang on. Let me got hey, Lloyd. Yeah, good to have you on today. This is a good story. That's a fantastic story, Lloyd. Um, I, I, I could almost say my countryman, but... My great-grandfather was Swiss, so I'm not really Swiss. I'm an Aussie. Um, so far away, I can't even get a Swiss passport, man. Um, let's find out about Ulrich Zwingli, Swiss patriot, soldier, and a great man of God. Where and when was he born? Well, he was born in Switzerland in the canton of St. Gaul, a little place called Wild House or Wild House near Toggenburg. It was New Year's Day, 1484. And just for a comparison, it was within seven weeks of Luther's birthday. So, what, Martin Luther was a little older than him or younger? Just seven weeks older, yes. Wow. So these guys were born more or less the same. They were, comp- they were compatriots. 
Um, but quite different. Um, by the way, that canton that he was born in, is that German, French? Is it... Uh, it, it in Switzerland has three major languages, French in the West near uh, uh, the, the main place there. Yep. And then in the north and east, it's, it's German, and they call it uh, something, a mixture, Schweizer Deutsch, yep. and it's Swiss German. So he was in the German area of Switzerland. And the other, of course, is the Italian area. So he... That's down the south, yeah. He wasn't that far from Basel. No, well, actually, the, how you pronounce it, I found out, is Basel. Yeah, that's right. But he, he's, where he was born was not far from there. Is that correct? That's right. Uh, well, he's coming from my home territory because we come from a little village not far from Basel. Um, well, he was a great guy. He was. I wonder whether we're related, Hunty. I'd like to think so. Zwingli Grolleman. Nah, not close. Um, <laughs> what gift did he have that was similar to Luther? Well, like Luther, he had extraordinary musical talents. In fact, mm. Ulrich Zwingli was able to play six different musical instruments. Do we know much about his family life? Uh, not a lot. We know he did get married later on, but we don't know a lot about it. But his, uh, his mother was the sister of an abbot in a monastery, and uh, his uncle was a priest, and his father was a free peasant. So he came from the lower to middle class. Okay, and it sounds like deeply Catholic too. Um, it was. His schooling and education, was it good? Yes, it was. He started out at a little place, W-E-S-E-N, Wessen, in the German part of Switzerland, and then later he went to the universities at Vienna, at Basel, and in Bern. So he was well educated. As they often were back then. He actually spoke a few languages, is that right? Well, how'd you, how'd you be? He taught himself uh, to read and to talk Greek and Hebrew. Yeah. He would have done well at university in theology in our day. <laughs> he sure did. Uh, by the way, do you speak Greek and Hebrew, Harold? No, I don't. You never studied it at, at uni? No, I never got to. I, I have a. Uh, I read the um, the books that have the words in, but I don't. I can't speak it, so but I can look up what their meaning is. You you, you read the dictionaries and the, and the theosauruses and the lexicons and all yeah. those different. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Do, do we know what languages he spoke? Was it just those three: German, Greek, and well, Hebrew? Well, Yes, probably they were the main ones. He may have had a smattering of French from the other part of Switzerland, yep. but he was in the German area. Yeah. Who was Erasmus, and what did he give Zwingli? Erasmus was a very uh, notable uh, Dutch. He was came from the Netherlands. He's a Dutch philosopher, and he had translated the New Testament into Greek. Mm. And he gave a copy of his Greek New Testament to Zwingli. It made a difference in his life too, didn't it? I sure did. Yeah. Um, Erasmus actually been an interesting guy to look at in the future, Harold. Yes, he, it he, is. A he, good one. He kind of had Protestant leanings too, didn't he? Yeah, he even came over and lectured in, in England for a while too. That's right. Very interesting fellow, that. Um, what universities did Zwingli attend? You said he went to uni. He was well, well versed in education. Was it just the well, one? Vienna or? was 
Vienna was one of the big ones, and then Switzerland, Bern was another one. Okay, so I'm just trying to get the feel that this guy is very, very well educated. Right. Was well, he? Well, let me tell you a bit more. Yep. How educated. He actually copied out by hand all the letters of Paul in the New Testament from Erasmus's Greek New Testament, and then he memorized them. So you're saying all the Pauline books, all the he could, books... He, could, he remembered whether it was Corinthians or Romans or Ephesians wow. or all of those... Best. He memorized them, copied them out in in the Greek by hand, and memorized them. And by the way, if you're listening, you ever get that chance to learn Greek, Aramaic, or Hebrew? Do it because I've I've got friends who speak these languages and read them and study out of them quite fluently. And they reckon reading the Bible in the original language is a great privilege. Um, it is. Yeah, yeah. It's something I, I can't do either. I'm, I'm a bit like you, Harold. I'm, I'm into my Greek uh, lexicons and dictionaries and, yep. you know, all the different um, places you can go. Fortunately, there are a lot of them. Um, was he a Catholic priest? Did he ever become a Catholic priest? Yes, he was ordained to be a priest of the Catholic Church in 1506. So he would have been then something like uh, 22 years of age. And he starts to read the Bible. He's on a journey that's similar but quite different than Luther. What were the differences between Luther and Zwingli? Well, uh, Luther, he was one who was always troubled with his own soul. He was Mm. never good enough for God. Uh, Zwingli, he was a radical guy. He was a Swiss patriot, Mm. and he would have advocated the use of the sword to defend his country and to defend the gospel. He never seemed to have much trouble accepting, though, that he was saved by grace and that God loved him and he was headed to the kingdom, though, did he, like Luther? He he didn't seem to struggle with that like Luther, did he? He just seemed to accept it. He just accepted. It was part of his life after he met Jesus. Now, you said he was a priest, but he was actually, you just hinted there, he was a man of war? Yes. He actually went to war toward the end of his life, and he actually died in battle. I guess we'll come to that a bit later. But he was there, let's fight, and uh, we, let's back what we are saying. So he, this guy gets a hold of the gospel through the scriptures, through his own study and the influence of a few others. He eventually yep. goes to war, physical war against the papacy. It's not, he, he's not, this is not like Luther, which was a theological opposition. He, re- he really took it seriously and took up the sword. Yeah, he went with the Swiss Protestant troops, the Battle of Melangeno in 16K, southeast of Milan in Italy. And the Swiss forces, they were beaten. They had to go home. Yeah. But he was there in the battle. Okay, um, what areas did he write about and what did he oppose the Pope? Where, 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 where did they come to loggerheads with each other? Well, in those days, those who were the leading... Uh, priests in the different places got a little yearly payment, a stipend from the Pope. Now he said, no, I refuse that, and he wrote against indulgences. That's what Luther did. Mm. He wrote against purgatory. He wrote against the sacrifice of the Mass. Jesus died once and for all, Mm -hmm. and he wrote against the position of the Virgin Mary. So theologically, he's pretty much the same as Luther. That's right. Do these guys know much about each other? Well, they would have known a bit, actually, they did have a difference. 
uh, and that was then what we would call the, the the Lord's Supper, the communion service. But other than that, they would have been pretty well all the way along. Now, if I remember right, and I'm taking a punt here, when it came to the communion service, Luther stayed with Catholicism and Zwingli was where Protestantism is today. Is that correct? That's, that's about right. So, yep. so Zwingli, he, not only is he a warrior and a soldier, he must have been pretty smart theologically as well. Absolutely. And uh, you go to his place where he had the church and it's still there and you can see the altar he preached from. Now these guys Missouri. are... Yeah, they're not perfect though. Um, what happened in 1519 though that showed Zwingli's dedication to his people? Well, he was out of town for something and the plague came across. It would come across fairly regularly in those days and three people out of ten were dying Mm. and while he wasn't there, he hurried back into Zurich to be with his people and help them and to pray with them while and he was ministering to the sick and the dying there. Did he ever get the plague himself? Yes, he did, but he got over that. took him three months to recover. Any pastor that stands by his people through crisis like that, that's the sort of pastor you want in your church, people. Um, that's right. Who was the, What was this second, or who was the second Zurich disposition, and what did they order? Well, there was the first one, but the second one took place in 1523, mm-hmm. and they said, Get rid of the images out of the churches and get rid of the mass. So these and, dispositions uh, are actually the townspeople, the Swiss people, yes. the burgeoning Protestant church standing up against Catholicism and saying, right, we want you to get rid of this out of our churches. And, and they also said the great central thing is the primary authority of the word of God. We follow that. And Zwingli's heart and soul of this disputation. Yes. Hmm. He he was right in there with all of that. In 1525, what did they confiscate? Well, they said, if the, we don't believe in the images and the maps anymore, we want to get rid of all the monasteries. And so they took the assets of the monasteries and used the funds to benefit <laughs> the poor and their schooling. And this is what they did in Switzerland and Zurich. <laughs> You gotta love the Swiss Protestants. They, they really are as good as they get, um, when it comes to following Christ, bravery, courage, and resilience and independence. Um. Well, you find the same with Calvin back in Geneva. Yeah. Same thing happened. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us about Felix Mance. As I said, the, well, these guys are not perfect. Well, at this time, they were pushing for the Bible. The mm. Bible's the answer. Mm. And Felix Mance and a few people, they read the Bible and they said, hey, you've got to be baptized by immersion. Mm. And Zwingli said, not yet. Let's take the steps one at a time. You're going too fast. Mm-hmm. But he went ahead and they grabbed him and the, the city council they decided against him and they tortured him and they drowned him in the river, the Limat River there. I think I find that story very sad. Um, it one, is. one of the reasons by, why I guess Felix Mance was the beginning of the Anabaptists, is that correct? That's right. There's a group worth looking at in the not too distant future, too, Harold. And the Anabaptists never had enough time to build churches and their leaders were usually knocked off by um, persecution. A lot of them were Sabbath keepers too. 
some of them were, yes. Mm. In 1529... Okay, I that. Yep, the Anabaptists, we're going to go look at them soon. In 1529, yep. uh, what happens with Luther? Well, Luther and Zwingli went to a, a big convocation called Colloquy, the uh, Philip of Hesse, he was the like the king of the area, at Marburg Castle, and so it's called the Marburg Colloquy, and they all agreed on 14 or 15 points, but the difference between Luther and Zwingli and the others was the Lord's Supper or the Eucharist or the Communion. And again, Zwingli was correct, Luther was wrong. Well, Luther, uh, yes, that's right. I mean, it's as brutal as that really, isn't it? It um, is. Zwingli had it right. I, I guess we could talk about how did they? Do, you, do we know much about how they dealt with that difference? Was it was it a big thing, or were they able to move on together anyway? Do, do we know that? that? They agreed to all the others. They agreed on, but they didn't join together because of that, and so each of them ran their own separate uh, reformation. One in Switzerland, one in Germany. And it, it went both in both countries, but they couldn't agree on that. Okay, but it didn't cause a lot of bad blood, is that what you're saying? Or it did? Or That's well, what I'm trying to get at. They weren't the closest of friends because of it. Okay. Uh, I guess I would have been um, with Swingley on that one. Uh, and Luther was not ev- always, I know we've spoken about him, but he wasn't always easy to to win across to an argument if he was convinced in his cause, was he? That's right. I guess none of these reformers were. They had to be like that because they they are coming to truth in such difficult times. Um, it was life and death if you followed this. Yeah. Did Zwingli, like Luther, did Zwingli actually ever marry? Yes. Actually, he secretly married Anna Reinhardt and she was a young widow with three kids. Yeah. And uh, after two years... He asked the Bishop of Constant for permission to marry, and he married publicly, and he had three more kids to his wife's three. Yeah. Actually, Zwingli had a little bit of an issue with the flesh, didn't he? Oh, he sure did. Early on, he had a little affair when he was the priest at Einspell. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and that was probably his thorn in the flesh, rather than where Luther was worrying about his salvation, Um Zwingli had to worry about women. Um, so, like many men uh, would understand today, I guess. Um, how did he die? You, you kind of hinted before. Okay. He died in a battle between the Protestant and Catholic forces at a place called Capel. And it was a battle that the Protestants lost, too. That's correct. That's right. So he's dying on the battlefield. His, his, his army was in retreat. He's left there, surrounded by the victorious Catholic army. What did they do when they saw him dying? Well, they came to him and they said, you need to have a confession to a priest here. And he shook his head and says, no way. Mm. And they told him he, he should have the mother of God, the Virgin Mary in his heart, call on the saints to plead for God. Mm. And he shakes his head. Mm. And then they thrust him through with the sword. The captain did that. But his last words... They may kill the body, but they cannot kill the soul. He's a genuine believer, right to the end. He was. He knew and it, he died a Christian. He knew what grace was. He knew what faith was. In some ways, even though he was in battle, the way he passed away at the end, he was almost a martyr. 
That's right. Because he may have survived right. that. We don't know, but he may have survived that if he hadn't been thrust through. He could have, but they really they just thrust him through with the sword in that way. And then, to be even more cantankerous, they quartered his body with pig's offal. Mm. I hated him. I guess that wasn't worrying him by then. <laughs> he was, it sure was. He, he, he was sleeping, waiting for the Lord. Um, okay, final question. How do you see Zwingli's legacy? Well, I think Zwingli uh, saw that the Bible was the central place of all belief, that through Jesus we're saved, and he stuck to that, come what may, all through his life. And I think that's a message for all of us. That's a fabulous story. I really like that one. That one on Zwingli. And if you want to know more about him, it's as simple as going to Google and Google Zwingli. You'll get a whole lot of information on Dr. Google about Zwingli and his life and what, what he did for the prize. You know what I like about him, Harold? He was not perfect. That's right. But he's followed the Lord and the Lord had him. And yeah. he's going to be in the kingdom. I, yeah, through grace. I would like to be there when Amen. he meets Felix Mance. Yeah. I, I would like to see that. I, I actually am a great believer, Harold, that when we get to heaven, there will be apologies. There will be people coming together. Wrongs will be made sure. right. And that will be one wrong that is made right. And those two. And when he meets Luther, that will be another one. It will. Luther might have to acknowledge, well, I'm sorry, mate, I did get that wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> but but it, yeah. there's going to be some great reunions in heaven, and Felix Mance and Zwingli, sure. uh, uh, I, I think this is. This is going to be one of the great ones where they can't, Ulrich Swingley and, and Felix Mance come together. Well, thank you, Harold. That was a, a wonderful story. Are we going to go and look at the Anabaptists soon? Yeah, I'll do that for next time. I love them. That's a great, because the reason I want to look at the Anabaptists in some sense, that's the Adventist lineage. Am I right to say that? That's right. There are a lot of Seventh-day keeping uh, Anabaptists. Probably them more than any other we find our roots in. Great story. Great, great story. Thank you, Harold. You have a good day. Thanks, mate. Thanks. See you. Bless. Bye. Bye. You're listening to the Aussie Pastor here on Faith FM. This song is by the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, Hunty. Mm-hmm. I think they are... Some of the finest oh, yes. singers in the, now. Yes, I think I might have asked you this before. You have been to the. Book. I have been to the Crystal Cathedral. You've actually been inside and worshipped. I've not worshipped, but I've been in. Went oh, on the you tour. just walked in and yeah, I heard them practicing. I wonder whether you can just walk into this church. Yeah, when I'm back in Lowen, you could you could take a tour. No, I wonder whether you can just walk in there and worship. Or I, don't whether, I don't know. Because it's a very famous cathedral. It's pretty standing it's, room it's only. Actually, mm. It's I think it seats four or five thousand. Yep. It. It's an inter. I think it's an interdenominational, mm. but they are famous for their choir. Oh yeah! Now this song before, Hunty. Before we sing it, I will, uh, we sing it. <laughs> we're not going to sing it. We're listening. I just want to read the words because yes, sometimes when a choir is singing, can yes. be listen to this. Talking about Jesus. This song's talking about Jesus. Yep. And it's it's. It, I, I chose it because I think it, in some ways, it it captures it captures Zwingli's life. He loves this talking Jesus mm-hmm. or God, the same person. Yep. He loves to hear the wind sing. Jesus loves to hear the wind sing. These are the words. Yep. As it whistles through the pines on mountain peaks. He loves to hear the raindrops as they splash to the ground in a magic melody. He smiles in sweet approval as the waves crash to the rocks in harmony. Creation joins in unity to sing in majestic symphonies. But listen to this. Yep. 
But his favourite song of all is the song of the redeemed. Yes. When the lost sinners now made clean, lift their voices loud and strong. When those purchased by his blood, lift to him a song of love. How good are those words? Love it. This is, and it is beautiful, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir, and the song is Favourite Song of All. Thanks, mate. As it whistles through the pines on mountain breeze And he loves to hear the raindrops As they splash to the ground in a magic melody And he smiles in sweet approval As the waves crash to the rocks in their harmony Majestic symphonies, but his favorite song of all is the song of redemption. When lost sinners now
Yeah. I'd love to go to the Brooklyn Tabernacle and hear them sing that. Mm. This is one of those songs which is not easy to sing that I I, I dare to sing in my worship songs. I you tromp all over the flowers in the garden, mid dear. I, I don't choose songs that are necessary. That's a pretty easy one I found to sing. Yep. It, it stretches my... It's joyful. Oh, it is. Joyous. It's joyful, joyful music. Yes, yes. And it's what Jesus is all about. Joyful music that brings glory to him. And I, I, I just, I just think... And I think it truly and, and deeply that there's nothing Jesus loves than to hear us sing songs of how he has redeemed us. And you know what, Hunty? That's what the Protestant Reformation is all about. The thing that makes the Protestant Reformation burn is it says that Jesus saves and Jesus saves alone. You can't save yourself. You can't save yourself through works. You can't save yourself through penance. You can't save yourself by being good. All you can do is throw yourself down at Jesus' feet, put your hand up in the air and pray mm. to him and say, Lord mm. Jesus, save me. You know, I was thinking the other day, and I actually put this up on my... I was going to say, my, read your Facebook page. My personal Facebook page. Yeah, I saw that. No one... What did I no say? No one is saved in heaven from their own works. No, no one is saved in heaven who deserves it. Who deserves that's right. Yeah. yeah. No one is saved... Saw in, that, very true. None of us... Des- I got that from... My worship, see. Yep. I was in my Bible study and my prayer, and that's where I got it. No one is saved in heaven who deserves it. None of us deserve it. That's right. That's why I think we need to be gentle on each other yes. when we fall into sin. Doesn't matter what sin it is. Now I know there are consequences for sin, but we need to be very gentle with each other. And we need to allow Jesus to to call people to him because when we get there we're all repentant sinners. That's the Protestant Reformation. Jesus saves, Jesus saves, Jesus saves. People ask me what I am. I'm a disciple of Jesus, I'm a believer, I'm a Christian Protestant Seventh-day Adventist. Yep. In that order, aren't Yep, you? yep, yep, same. I'm a Christian, I'm tied together with all the other Christian brothers, sisters around the world. Protestant, we're saved by Jesus and Jesus alone. Yep. Seventh-day Adventist. Why am I Seventh-day Adventist? I'm going to talk about that one day. Cool. Because I cannot find a movement that... We're not perfect. We don't get it all right, even theologically. Correct. There you go. You won't hear that much from a no. Adventist past. We don't no. have it all right, but I don't know a movement that epitomizes the Protestant Reformation of the Bible and the Bible only. Bible, yep. We are Bible based. Oh yeah, very. Absolutely. It's not an idle boast. Nope. Every single got twenty eight fundamentals, twenty eight yep. beliefs, twenty eight teachings. Every single one of them is rooted in the Bible and the mm. Bible alone. Okay, hunting. Yeah, we need to support everything we say from the Bible. That's it. We Nothing do. else. And we, we do. do. Actually, if I can't find it in the Bible, and you know this for a fat hunty, yep. I'm not preaching it. Hey, ask the Aussie pastor. Okay. Mm. Are you taking the handbrake off? Is it oh, I don't know. <laughs> I was looking at the, the clock and thinking, let's move. Okay. So, oh, by the way, are you sticking with your pronunciation of, of hearth? Hearth, yeah. You are sticking with oh, it? Oh, absolutely. Well, I'm going to give a shout-out to everyone with their, with their number. If you'd like to send in a question, you, it's not too late, 0488 or email us at gmail.com. Now, if you'd like to tell Lloyd how to pronounce the word hearth, feel free to text us. Loving it. In fact, would you like to make a bet with me on air that I've got it right and you're wrong? I'm happy to acknowledge on air if I've got it wrong. Okay, I just Googled it. <laughs> Doesn't matter. It says it's to rhyme with Garth, as in hearth, not birth, which is hearth. I'm still sickened with hearth. <laughs> I've learned not to take. I've, I've learned not to take Hunty's googling. A few times we've had some discussions, and Hunty's googled it, and I've had to go and Google it myself and come back. And uh, you're not having uh, a good day today, are you, Lloyd? I feel pretty good. You're down too. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. 
Alright, here we go. Shall, First question. Shall, shall I tell them what's happened behind the scenes with you, my <laughs> healthy friend? You know, you've actually, you've actually stood up our listeners today. They've got a few questions here that oh. are firing back at you. So let me get into them, eh? Okay. Alright. If Jesus healed the sick and raised the dead, then why can't you? Because I'm not Jesus. Doesn't he say in the Bible that if we had the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we can raise the dead and heal the sick? Where does he say that? Mm, let me have a Google. <laughs> while Gifts of the Holy Spirit, let wh- me say. While you're Googling that, um, yep. I don't think that following Christ is about raising the dead or doing miracles. I think God does give us gifts when we are Christians, and some do have those sorts of gifts. Um, Not everybody does. I have seen God work some tremendous miracles on the back of prayer. I saw a lady, um, she had breast cancer. She was going to have an operation. She was going to die, and we prayed over her, and and she was healed. But uh, I didn't heal her. That's true. The same one who healed the sick in the past and raised the dead in the past, he healed her. So I, I, I don't That's think... That's true. I don't That's think, true. I, I've got that all wrong. I don't think any of mm. us heal anybody or raise anybody. We can't do that. Mm. But Jesus can, and I'm open. Mm. I mean, I had a mate of mine die in New Zealand. His brother was my best mate, and he was close to one of my best mates, and he died. And we actually went into... He died in a road accident. It was a really bad one. He was messed up. We went into the place where he's being kept and we opened the casket and put our hands on his head and asked the Lord to heal him. Uh, it didn't happen, but if it was to happen, who was to do it? Only Jesus. So I don't heal. So if Jesus healed the sick and raised the mm. dead, then why can't you? I stand by my answer because I'm not Jesus. Yeah, but I do right. believe in a Jesus of miracles. And I've seen it in my own life many times. So I've done a quick bit of Googling. Yep. Looks like... Mm. Peter and John met a man lame from birth and asked if Jesus... I know, you made the comment that didn't Jesus say you'd go and do yeah, this. Yeah, I know, I've, got, I've, I've walked back on that. Oh, okay, let's go to the next question. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> I feel good. With, I feel all the, <laughs> with all the noise about alcohol at the World Cup in Qatar, what's your view? Well, I think alcohol's a curse and I reckon this will be the best World Cup ever. I love that question. This will be the best World Cup ever. I don't no, understand what they're going on a bit because I watched the footage last night. There's beer tents everywhere, people drinking beer. Apparently in the stadiums you're not allowed to have right, alcohol. Right, not in the stadium, okay. Uh, I mean, look, yeah. I, I love sports. I, you know, I, I, I don't know what the score in the cricket is at the moment. I might look it up and then, no, I won't. <laughs> this is not a sports show. But So I love sport, but there's nothing ruins sport more than alcohol. Nothing, hunty. It is a curse. So the fact that Qatar, there's got a lot of people out there, I will probably be inundated with people. <laughs> can hear radio switching off no, as we speak. This stuff is poisonous. It causes abuse of wives and children. Yes, it causes it road accidents. It puts people in hospital, dying of terrible cancers, tongue cancer, mouth cancer, throat cancer, stomach cancer, esophagus cancer, you name it, alcohol's going to do it. Um, goes right down in your digestive system. The stuff's a curse. I'm a teetotaler, open and proud to be hunty, and I think it's fantastic that there will be no alcohol in most places in the to- soccer tournament in Qatar. Go the Socceroos. Hmm. All right, this next question. Whew. After listening to you today regarding witchcraft, ah, do you good. think it is wrong to watch movies like... Well, there you go, they've got the movie. Lord of the Rings, The, the Hobbit, Avatar... And the series Game of Thrones. They are all full of wizards, witches, sacred trees, and other such occultic paraphernalia. Yeah, I do. 
I do. You, we, you saw the Bible text. Now, I, I've struggled with that because I'm attracted to, to programs like Game of Thrones with the battles and the history, although the history's bogus <laughs> Fiction, history. Fiction, right, yeah. Um, and the, the morality in that show is so horrendous I had to stop watching it. Morality. Yeah, and pretty early on mm. too, I'll tell you. Tis morally bankrupt. It's horrendous. Horrendous. Um, but, yeah, anything with wizard, witches, sacred trees, uh, Anything occultic, the Bible's clear. You read it, not me, Hunty. Mm. It's very clear. It's Don't very clear. touch that mm. stuff. Stay away from it. And it's a discipline. And if you're going to call yourself... Now, I know some, many of you listening to this out there may be not disciples of Christ. You, you might say, well, this is extreme. Well, yeah, it, it is an extreme stand to take. Don't go near it. Why? Because it's dangerous. It's dangerous to you mentally. It's dangerous to you physically. And it's extremely dangerous to you spiritually stay away stay away stay away and that includes movies and music mm. i look i take that so seriously hunty there are so because you know me i'm into history i love battles and that's why i like the story of zwingli so much yep battles and all this stuff but man i can tell you what the last thing you want to do is be anywhere near the cult and i have missed out on series after series movie after movie program on tv on uh netflix and all the rest of it i miss out on a whole lot of them because they're full of the occult, and I just go, nah, that's a decision I've made. I'm going to stand by it, and it's a good one. Yeah, I've I've actually purged my music library of things that I know are occultic and satanic. Well, you've purged your music library full stop. It doesn't exist anymore. You're onto Spotify. Yeah, I, w- I won't. <laughs> there are some songs I will not listen to. I will leave a room. I will leave yeah, a shopping centre. There are some songs I will not tolerate. We're going to look at this over the next few weeks, but songs like the Eagles and... Um, Still Way to Heaven. Hotel California. Hotel California. Yeah, oh, there's man. a bunch of occultic symbolism in those. in the occult. Mm. Uh, we'll talk about that in the next few weeks. Oh, it's going to be an interesting ride. The next and Halloween too, remember? Well, Halloween said. next week. Yeah. But we're going to, the following weeks, we're going to get into music and movies and all that stuff. Why? Well, not not to glorify this stuff, Not because I notice people have a really big interest in it. It's not to do that. It's to warn. Mm. It's to warn it you. And so you probably, some of you are not going to like what I'm going to say, but it's not what I'm saying. It's what the Bible says, and it's so clear. Go, hunting. I love this next question. Ah. Is it possible to have good wizards and bad wizards? No. So you can't have a good wizard? No. Helpful, healing? No. No. They're all bad? If it's a wizard, it's getting its power from darkness, and you need okay. to stay well away. That's, okay. that's the problem with Lord of the Rings. Right. There's a good wizard and there's a bad wizard. No, there's no such thing. They're all bad. If if Lord of the Rings was true, a part of history, and I was in that story, I can't go to war and battle and be on the side of that wizard. I don't even know his name. That good wizard, so-called good wizard. Is it Gandalf? Gandalf, because he's a worker of darkness. And people say, oh, that's extreme. No, it's not extreme. I know what's behind this stuff. And I know how dangerous it is, and as Christians, and I'm a Christian, and I know this is a bit strange for people who are listening, especially my Aussie brothers and sisters out there listening to this and go, what's wrong with this guy? It's not that there's anything wrong with me. I've got my eyes open, my ears are unstopped, and I know the danger of this stuff. Mm. And it's not entertainment. And it's one of Satan's deceptions to make out that there are good wizards and bad wizards because there's not. They're all bad. They all get their power from darkness. Not one place in the Bible will you see God powering up wizards. Quite the opposite. And I'll tell you what, when God's men, Paul, we're going to look at this next week, or Turkey keep saying this, when Paul, the apostle, goes head-to-head against a wizard, it's a non-contest, mate. Mm. Of course. The power of God through Paul, that wizard, he ends up blind. That's what happens when he goes up against Paul. Another story, another day. Yep. 
All right, last question. What do we got? 90 seconds for this segment. Okay. Do you believe there is actually real power in the occult? I like it that we're getting some questions on this. That's a great like. question. Yeah. Thank you, listener. Yeah, I do. Yep. Um, it's dark power. The Bible's very clear. Ephesians 6, we read it. And if we could get to it, I'd read it again, but we probably can't. No, we can. You can know you? why? Yeah. yeah. Because. <laughs> you can do it, can you, Hunty? I got it right there. Okay, you want to read it one more time? So we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies. So we're not fighting against humans. That's what that says. Yeah. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. Okay. Against mighty powers in this dark world. Against evil, evil spirits, spirits. In the heavenly places. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Evil spirits. So, of course, I believe in the power of darkness. I've had it at work in my life mm. all too often. Mm. Is that it, Hunty? Well, I'd say let's... Any uh, other questions? No, I reckon we should call it call it there and move to the next song. <sighs> it's our last song. And I chose this one because I think this is what I'm encouraging you to today, to walk with God. This is a beautiful song, Hunty. And it's sung by the Gatlin Brothers, who are... Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan, to be honest. You ever heard of the Gatlin Brothers? No, but you're I not, think I know their music. You're not into country I, music, I are che- I checked these songs before we started the program, so I was listening to it, and I certainly know this song uh, well. Have you heard of some of the big country music yes. groups in America? Yes. I'm just trying to think. To my shame, I don't know their names or their song names, but I know the music. Well, the, these guys, the Gatlin Brothers, yep. they're right up there, some of the biggest country music singers in America. It's superstars superstars in the religious and in the secular world. And this song they sing, Walk With Me, this is what this is all about. This is what God's calling you today. Don't dabble, don't fool around, don't be entertained in the occult. Walk, says Jesus. It's an invitation. It's a beautiful one. Jesus says, God says, Walk With Me. Walk With Me Walk with me, lest mine eyes no longer see all the glory, all the story of your love. Talk to me, talk to me, like you spoke so tenderly. When you walked there, when you taught there by the sea, let me follow in the footprints that trod the shores of Galilee.
Beautiful song. Yeah. Walk with me, walk with me. And you know, if you want to walk with Jesus, you know what to do? Just ask him into your heart. Open the Bible and start to read it. Pray every day. Yep. Hang around where Jesus is. Go to church. Hey, hunty, what about New Hope this week? Yes, definitely. If you're in northwest Sydney, you need to come to New Hope Church. Lloyd's preaching. It will be a great day. We're easy to find just off um, Quakers Hill Parkway behind the Aldi for Samuel Place, Quakers Hill. We're in the Anglican Church, the New Life Anglican Centre. And we start at 10 o'clock and we would love to see you. A lot of people want to come and meet you too, Hunty. Are you going to be there? I'm always there, except for when I'm not. <laughs> well, I had my first Sabbath off church, I think, in my entire life last weekend. It's the first time I've ever seen you not turn up to church. He was really sick. I was. We're, and he's still not too well now. And so I'm not. I'm very grateful <laughs> that you turned up today, Hunty. Didn't realise um, how sick I was when I left home. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? It's still not too late. If you've got questions for mm. next week, we're going into the occult. If you've got questions on the occult, if you want to share a little yes. incident, a story yes. on the occult, yes. how do you do it, Hunty? You can uh, text it to us, SMS it to us on 0488880851 or send us an email, theaussiepastor at gmail.com. Yeah, let's pray. Mm. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you for being with us today. We are fallen, we are broken, we don't get it right all the time, but we choose you as our saviour, so I invite you again into our hearts. Forgive us for our sins. Open our eyes and our ears so we can recognize these sinister spiritual forces. And I pray, Jesus, that you give us the strength and the courage and the wisdom to escape. Drive us into our Bible. Drive us onto our knees. Take us into your presence, to church, wherever you are, Jesus. Draw us and give us the wisdom to come. So thank you for hearing our prayer. Bless our listeners, I pray. Be of hunty too and bring him, my good mate, back to health and strength. Thank you for hearing this prayer and for being with us today. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Well, my name's Lord Grolman and I'm the Aussie Pastor. And my name's Hunty and I'm the man in black and we love you. But God, Jesus loves you so, so much, much more. more. See you next See time. See ya. Thanks for joining the Aussie Pastor. If you enjoyed today's program and would like to find out more about Jesus, our ministry, or ways to support us, go to findjesus.tv. 